0: Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. It's really just such a joy to be able to bring you such a diverse group of guests, whether it's teachers or schools or organisations or as today, a charity, just all with that same vision of being able to give children an understanding and a learning experience, which just enhances themselves, but also the the world around them. Now today I'm delighted to be chatting to Anna Anstead. And Anna has been working with international charity Lepra for nine years, Lepra work in India, Bangladesh and Zimbabwe, helping people affected by leprosy. Every day, 600 people are diagnosed with leprosy, 50 of those are children. Anna works with schools across the UK to raise awareness about leprosy, that it still exists and that it is curable and with more support, Lepra can help more people. Working with schools for over 50 years, Lepra have developed a schools programme that offers students key learning benefits with strong curriculum links which embed British values and citizenship the programme highlights the importance of charities and the work they do and helps students to understand the role they play as global citizens. As part of the Leopard School programme, they've teamed up with Maria Island's author, Victoria Hislop, illustrator, Jill Smith, and Walker Books to develop an educational project available for schools to download and use for free. The story of Maria's island, as seen through the eyes of a 10-year-old Maria and her family, helps young people understand the challenges people with leprosy face and, most importantly, how they can be overcome. Now you can download the free educational project resource including a video assembly with a reading by Victoria Hislop, a free Maria's Island PDF extract and helpful teacher notes that prompt exploration into the book's complex themes. Now we'll have details of all of these things in the show notes so please do check that out also of course on the website educationonfire.com. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Anna Anstead talking about the international charity Lepra. Hi Anna, thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. It's always great to talk to people who are involved in a charity and especially when that can work hand-to-hand in terms of what schools can get involved in, in terms of having projects and focuses and sort of part of that overall community of how everything fits in with their life and also the world around them. So yeah, thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you very much for having us, um, Mark.
0: So let's start with a little bit of an insight into exactly what the charity does and and sort of what their main objectives are.
1: So our charity Lepra has been around nearly a hundred years. We help children and adults affected by leprosy and we work in India, Bangladesh and Zimbabwe and we're aiming to cure leprosy so we are helping children and adults overcome this disease so they can go on to lead much more normal lives. It's a completely curable disease and it's something that often people are surprised that leprosy still exists. Um, Over 600 people every day are still being diagnosed with leprosy and 50 of those are children.
0: So why is the the charity I I guess, sort of based here, and and how has that sort of then been able to sort of help that fundraising across the world?
1: So, our head office, uh, Lepra UK, is based in Colchester, and we have a sister uh, organization. We've got two sister organizations based out in Lepra, India, and Lepra. Um, in Bangladesh as well so they've got a chief exec structure out there and there is a huge number of volunteers out in India and Bangladesh that go out to reach people that are being affected by leprosy to help provide the drugs that people need Um, and a lot of our fundraising is concentrated here in the UK um and i look after the school's fundraising
0: and and it's one of those things isn't it that you sort of i remember as a child hearing and it sounds like it's something which is um i guess historically you hear which is sort of Um, terrifying. It's like saying something which you wouldn't think now is actually curable or or that kind of thing. So I guess that awareness is is an important factor of what you're trying to get across.
1: Yeah, totally. So uh, one of the really big things is even when I'm speaking to adults, they're very surprised that leprosy um, still exists. And one of our big missions is obviously to really spread awareness um, to people, to society, and in particular, children. Uh, so that they can go um, so really understand that this disease still exists it is curable um, and that we can go and hopefully make this a disease of little or no consequence we want it to be like a common cold Um, research is still being done um, into this disease into leprosy um, so that people aren't being affected by this disease because it can lead to really terrible Um, side effects, it can affect people's hands, it affects people's feet and it can even lead to blindness.
0: So when you're obviously like say you've got this sort of young person and and school focus is it just about sharing this information or what's the sort of objective in in terms of what you'd like the schools to be involved in?
1: Yeah so we've got a really good schools um, program which um, it links in really well with the um, Uh, with the curriculum so it ties in very well with uh, PSHE, it talks to children about being a global citizen um, and lets children understand a little bit more about the wider world and how they can help. Children are always so inspired by the work that we do um, when we talk to them and they take on a range of fundraising initiatives um, and they really want to do their little bit to help somebody and I think it's that amazing act of giving when they don't necessarily see that the exact person that that's helped but to know that that is going to help somebody um, whether it's a child being able to be cured of leprosy and be able to go back to school so they can continue with their studies so schools take on a range of fundraising challenges uh, that mean that we can raise more money and ultimately help more people um, to beat this disease.
0: And I guess, speaking as sort of as a parent now, there, there are a lot of fundraising things that happen through school, whether it's for the school directly, or there's also there's comic relief and, uh, and, um, and all those sorts of things. So I guess part of it for you is is to kind of sort of get that focus and get that conversation about exactly what it is that you're trying to do. Um, so in terms of the actual sort of fundraising itself, is there a particular thing you like people to do or do they have that sort of creativity to kind of sort of really sort of go about it in their own way?
1: Um, I'd say it's a mix of both. Um, Lots of schools have got different ways of working. They've got lots of different fundraising activities uh, that they already take part in. So sometimes we tie in really nicely if they're having a Christmas fair or if they're doing a particular, I think one school wanted to do a talent show uh, to raise money. And then other activities that we um, would suggest, we've got our Move for Lepra. Uh, fundraising initiative so they might like to try and move all the way from their school in the UK all the way out to India which can be around 4,000 miles and we've had lots of schools do that and they've cycled they've scooted they've run they've walked to do that Um, some schools have done the north to south india challenge that's 1997 miles i think um, to raise money Um, some schools have taken part in dance workouts um, to raise money and they've done fancy dress we had a valentine's one this year so they try to tie it in with what is going on in school and some schools have also um, taken on creative fundraising um, uh, opportunities. So they have, um, they come up with a creative fundraising project, it can be quite entrepreneurial in a way, um, because some of the children come up with such brilliant ideas to raise money. Um, And some of my favourites, I think we had some children that put in some money to they, um, they made slime and sold it. And They raised an incredible amount of money just by doing that. We had children that charged other children to go uh, to throw uh, wet sponges, put the teachers in the stocks, (laughs) which was great. Um, One school set up a bubble tea um, uh, afternoon, uh, I think it was at lunchtime. And they just come up with the most creative and different ideas to raise money. And I've been doing this for nine years. And still, every year, there is a new creative fundraising idea that they come up with.
0: Um, And I guess sort of every penny counts. um, But can you give us sort of a range of the sort of um, amounts that some people manage to uh, to, uh, to attain? Yeah,
1: they... It, anything that they can raise and like you said every any penny counts um, one that really touched me recently um we had we've had such a range of um uh fun, fundraising and fundraising amounts come in um the average i would say is around 25 pounds we say it costs about 25 pounds for us to cure someone of leprosy uh we have um six pounds will buy a pair of sandals to help somebody walk um to get protective sandals so that they can walk um you know without pain um without ulcers rubbing so those sorts of amounts children do latch on to um, but some children may just raise 20p from doing a chore at home and that's amazing because that's what their contribution is and they have done something and they are making a difference and um, we've had children raise over thousands of pounds individually themselves um, one young boy uh took his uh, gcse exam early and got sponsored for doing that so it's just a complete range of uh different fundraising amounts and i think we had the bubble tea sale that raised over 300 pounds so yeah amazing what they can come up with our young people (laughs)
0: So, so you mentioned GCSEs there. We should probably talk a little bit about the sort of the, the focus of, in terms of, of the resources that you do, but the sort of age that children can take part in, and actually sort of um, help you in the best way that they can.
1: Yeah, so we work a lot with uh, secondary school uh, children, so uh, with year seven and year eight. Um, so it really does pitch well at their... Uh, curriculum at their PSHE but we also work um, with whole school primaries and we're very good at targeting our assemblies and resources to make sure that it's age appropriate but we've equally had uh, sixth formers take part Uh, they had a brilliant fancy dress uh, workout of one of our sixth form schools Uh, the teachers even got involved and previously we've had sixth formers take part in a stay awake for 24 hours and they raised phenomenal amounts of money um, for lepra but we've also recently um in uh, partnership with uh, Walker Books. Um, Walker Books have developed a set of resources for us based on the children's book, Maria's Island. And that has been written by Victoria Hislop and beautifully illustrated by Jill Smith. And that is a wonderful resource that we have. Victoria Hislop is uh, one of our ambassadors and she wrote uh, the novel, the best-selling novel, The Island, which she has um, adapted uh, into a lovely children's book. Uh, called Maria's Island and that is targeted at primary school age sort of key stage two and key stage three um, we've developed this set of resources uh, for alongside Walker Books um, and we have a presentation about Maria's Island uh, we've got Victoria Hislop uh, has provided very kindly a Q&A about the book as well as a chapter reading Uh, So there's lots of different things that uh, schools can use as part of our Maria's Island project and also at the end of it, hopefully encourage them to do some fundraising as well.
0: So you sort of mentioned presentations and assemblies there. Is it the same sort of format for... For any school that gets involved obviously like say age appropriate in terms of does it start with a presentation I guess on the, online these days or also in person and then sort of goes into the resources or do the, can you just jump in just straight from the resources how, how does that work
1: yeah ge- uh, in general that each school gets a personalized presentation so um, that's one of the things that uh, at Lepra we really pride ourselves at Um, We really um, help schools with their fundraising and try to make everything as simple as possible, so we'll provide a personalised assembly, uh, we'll do a parent letter for them, um, we will provide extra resources for them to use in the classroom, uh, help organise any fundraising activities and also then at the end of fundraising provide a thank you assembly presentation and certificates it was really important to recognize how well the school have done and their contribution they've made and the difference that they have made to children and adults lives affected by leprosy
0: yeah, I really like that, because then I think you get much more of a sense of obviously it's part of your journey as, as a charity that's um, working in this field ongoing and it's almost like the school is them joining you on a path for a sh- an amount of time and in being involved in the way they can um, rather than it just being something which is sort of one step removed and I think like you say that sort of global citizenship and that idea of sort of community then really becomes much more kind of tangible.
1: Yeah, completely. And uh, I know how much they value, you know, knowing that the impact they've made, the difference they've made. and in terms of our maria's island project as well we have got a separate presentation that's ready online for people to download um, which i will provide the link hopefully will be on this uh, podcast Um, and that's a presentation that's ready there for teachers to use they can download that it's got resources attached to it and uh, if they'd like to take part in any fundraising activities that we've suggested or any fundraising that they'd like to do themselves and it's simple things like every 6 pounds that raised will go to helping us provide a pair of sandals for somebody that you know is struggling to walk a child that is struggling to get to school and it really really does make a massive difference to people's lives that they can go back to work children can go back to school
0: and I think, like you say, having those sort of really sort of specific numbers, I think, can really help sometimes, can't it? Because the fundraising is going on all the time, and there's a never-ending amount of people, and like you say, the amount of money that it takes to, to to do research into these things. But to know that you know this six pound is is making a difference to a person, or like you say, twenty five pounds could be life-changing, you know, or, or life life-enhancing, and and actually, you know, maybe present someone really getting very very sick. Um, I think that then put in context can can just sort of I I, I, I don't know just it, it just kind of really helps I think rather than thinking well there's an endless amount of money we're trying to raise I, I just think that, that that's a really sort of positive focus yeah if, if nothing completely
1: else. and I do get lots of emails back from teachers saying how well the program has worked and the fact that the children have really been inspired by Uh, The presentations and the work that we do and the fact that they do want to do their bit to raise that money. They want to work together as a form group and as a year group to come together uh, to raise money, to change somebody's life, to, um, to, you know, I raise enough money that we can buy multiple pairs of sandals i think i've got my our recent impact report and we issued over twenty six thousand uh, sandals last year so it really does make a difference we've got specialist shoe vans that go out um, around india uh, to the areas that need it so that people can have uh, the specialist footwear they need
0: amazing now, you obviously have a lot of experience in terms of going into schools and you see lots of teachers in lots of environments that are very supportive. But I'm always interested to know, is there a teacher or an educational experience that you remember from your own your own time in school that kind of had a big impact on you?
1: Um, I really like geography at school. Um, and I think my geography teachers were very inspiring. I went on to do a degree in geography um, at UCL uh, with economics. Uh, we had some really good trips as well in our A-level years. And I think what really stood out was the fact it was the first time that we were going overseas abroad without our parents. So. there was a lot of uh, different feelings, mixed feelings, responsibility, but I think it was all very important in helping us sort of grow as individuals and then helping us in that sort of next journey, so that next step when we went on to university. Um, I did go on to a different career um, in more of a corporate sector when I came out of university. Um, When I had my family, I made that change uh, to work for a charity, and when I was reading about Lepra, it brought so many of the geographical um, parts of my degree, parts of my study back, and so that was why I was really passionate to work for this charity because it sort of linked a lot of my sort of childhood, sort of what I'd studied and what I'd done at university. Um, It had those parallels again, so um, yeah, and having that appreciation of us being a global citizen and we are making a difference and helping others.
0: And it's amazing, isn't it, when you sort of hear hear that's, those sort of stories in terms of you're never quite sure how your life is going to pan out by any given teacher or any given focus or you know, something like Shafar which takes you studying in this direction, but there's something about the overall knowing of the area of life that you that you really sort of warm to. And that can take you in so many different areas that you wouldn't have predicted back at the time, like, say, when you first decide to go away and study that. And and I love the fact that hopefully people listening can sort of see that, you know, your life can really change in so many different directions. And also, especially if you're working in an education and, you know, you're supporting children and young people that actually you're never quite sure what that impact is and having that um that ability to kind of have these broader conversations sometimes just to say just sort of go with what you know and the rest of it will kind of take care of itself and we've no idea where that's going to take you I think that that feels like a very positive way to kind of come across
1: yeah no definitely and I think as well looking back like um I was I think I've spoken to 50,000 children sort of so far since I've been with Lepra and you never know where that is going to sort of take them. They've obviously done their fundraising. uh, They've made a difference. You've touched people in different ways. I've had numerous letters from people thanking me for working uh, from children. Beautiful letters. So, you know, thanking me for working for the charity to make a difference to people's lives. And I hope as well you inspire those children to go on to, um, you know, make a difference and where that journey will take them as well.
0: Absolutely. That's such a different way of turning up to work in the morning, isn't it, <laughs> than, the, than, than, um, than just sort of having a to-do list or whatever. And I think that always is a great way to kind of start your day off. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Or maybe is there a piece of advice you'd now give your younger self looking back that would be kind of to to, to a young Anna that's saying, oh yeah, this would be really, really helpful. If only I'd known.
1: Yeah, probably worry less about exam results. I'm not sure if I can remember all of them even now. (laughs) Um, Enjoy school because it's amazing. And I probably do keep telling that to my own daughter, like, you know, the opportunities um, that you get. I think you do go through Obviously different worries um, as a young person with exams and things like that. But yeah, I think probably worry less about exam results. Things will come through in the end. And I think it's something I, uh, even as a mum, I think you worry when your children are very small as well. And uh, maybe that worry never, <laughs> never goes in a sense, but they will all get there and sort of get there when they are ready and make that sort of their journey um, as well.
0: Yeah, and I think certainly, as you know, as a parent who's had children going through GCSEs in A levels and and starting that sort of GCSE journey again now, it's kind of, it's never about a conversation like that. Is it? It's about an ongoing kind of aside, you know, a little conversation in the car. It's a little bit about that kind of the environment of kind of having that global picture and sort of doing that. And it's it's sort of it's just creating an environment. That acknowledges that this is going on and they have to do exams and all of that kind of thing, but also seeing that bigger picture as well. And I think, yeah, like you said, knowing those things, being able to pass that wisdom on and, and being able to sort of create a world where they can feel like they can step into it and it's okay not to be worrying about it all the time is yeah. a really positive thing. Now, there's always a a resource which has a big impact on us. And this can be within education or it could also be a a personal thing as well. But is there a podcast, a book, a video, film, song, anything that um, comes to mind for you?
1: Um, I suppose I was a very big reader when I was younger, um, especially at school. And I would devour... Lots and lots of books. I absolutely love my books. I probably haven't got as much time for reading, sadly, at the moment with such small children. But I read to my children, obviously, <laughs> a lot. So I'm <laughs> going through those children's books again, uh, which is quite nice. But I did love the books by Roald Dahl and um, thinking like characters like Charlie and Matilda, and how they were able to sort of overcome their challenges. And um, it's a book I've re- reread uh, recently um with my daughter and um i think the quote of matilda that everyone that inside every one of us that we have the power to change the world so i'd like to think that you know i'm making my contribution Uh, for working for lepra that i am changing people's lives you're making that difference Um, and hopefully as well the children that we managed to speak to um, at uh, at schools um, that they are getting that opportunity as well to do that something uh, to change the world make a difference to somebody's life help somebody um, overcome a disease like leprosy that they could go back to having a much more normal life so i think Yeah, there's um, a lot of the reading that I did when I was younger and then rereading those books again um, as an adult to my own children has been really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, it's great, isn't it? That sort of that full circle-ness of it all. And, and I also quite like the, the touch points that you get with these sorts of things because like you, you know, reading it is amazing. But I've also seen, um, been in, into London to see the musical. I've also um, seen one of the original films and I know there's another film coming out later this year. And I just think for different people who kind of, the stories and the messages and all those things which are really important there's different ways of actually being able to to consume it now as well which is fantastic and i just think there's something very lovely about that time when you can share these stories and read with your children when they're younger but then all of a sudden it kind of takes off as they grow because they suddenly say oh i know this from here i heard this here and all that song was on the radio and all that kind of thing and i love that
1: yeah my daughter actually just we've just finished our um Uh, production for year six she uh, was in Matilda as well so they put on their own Matilda Junior which was absolutely amazing and to see children um, you know come out of themselves to take on different roles it's so important that they get the opportunity to do um, these extracurricular activities that maybe for the last couple of years has been very difficult Um, and I know the head teacher at our school was you know very keen that these they get these opportunities to take part in different productions and similarly with the work we do obviously with lepra as well that children get to take part in different fundraising activities it's extracurricular and i know so many of the teachers through covid said to me you know how much they've missed doing it teachers often do it year on year in because they year on year out because they really really enjoy it Um, and they really see the benefits that it gives children whether they're there for half an hour doing a dance workout um, first thing in the morning before they start their maths lessons and everyone's there um, having a fantastic time um, but really raising money and remembering um, what it is that they're doing um, to make a difference to people's lives
0: yeah and and the thing that just struck me there is the fact that those two things which people don't often talk about going together you can have a fantastic time and do something that you love and still be of real support to other people like you say you could be raising that money while having the time of your life it doesn't have to be oh it needs to be like this or heavy or anything like that you know I think everything which is then light and actually supportive and you being able to be your best self in whichever that was that's going to generate obviously money but it generates the energy around everything that you're doing which is going to be incredibly supportive for, for both yourself and also for the people that you're helping
1: uh, exactly it's called fundraising isn't it so I always, yeah, say exactly. to, I always say to my children have fun uh raising money and uh yeah and i think they genuinely they genuinely really enjoy it and it is a difficult you know topic uh when we're talking about leprosy but it's still when we've spoken to them they're inspired and they take on a range of fundraising challenges to really um raise an incredible amounts of money to help us uh, change people's lives
0: so just as we as we round up obviously the acronym fire is really important to us here at education on fire and by that we have feedback inspiration resilience and empowerment and I'm always interested to know is there one thing or something out of those words which kind of comes to mind that you'd like to share
1: um, when I was working uh, when I first came out of university I'd been in my job corporate job for three Five years I was sent on a overseas trip and I wasn't really given the brief as to what I was going to do I thought I was just visiting some stores but it turned out that the CEO of Tesco Central Europe um, was going to be there and I had to not only uh, network with him pitch with him to him um, about our our company but also to do um, several pitches to um, store managers and I needed a translator (laughs) as well so I was not given any of this information until I was um, sort of the night before um, which I frantically went back to my hotel room wrote out a presentation that I was able to give to the translator and went on the next day um, but I also had rung obviously and everybody had said don't worry about it you'll be great you'll be you'll be fine you'll be it it'll, it'll be really good they you know gave me <laughs> giving me lots of confidence that it would all go well um, and of course, it did all go well, but it was definitely a really big challenge for me and uh, my resilience to step up there and do what I needed to do. And I think from whenever things have got harder or tougher or um, I've like perhaps found things uh, a little nerve wracking, I always think about that moment, how I felt and how I overcome that challenges. And it's one of those things of I can do it then, I can do it again so that was quite a big defining experience for me um and i know resilience is taught uh, those words i think as a parent as well is you want your children to really be um, resilient and i think they've been amazing over the last couple of years with everything that covid has sort of thrown at them my son's only first he's in year two he's only just completed his first full year at school because of um the challenges that have been so it is something i try to um hopefully inspire my children that they've got that um that resilience and uh, my daughter i read last night in her yearbook had written that she wants to be known as someone who never gives up so i'm hoping that you know what we're saying what school is teaching is uh, making a difference and you know that they can go on and you know keep going and be resilient
0: Absolutely. Fantastic. Really, really fantastic. Um, so tell us, where can people find out more information and get involved with, if they, if they want to support you?
1: Okay, so we'll leave the link uh, to our website, which is at lepra.org.uk um, in the uh, podcast bio. Um, and there is also a specific page for schools and a specific page for the Maria's Island project that I touched upon. And yeah, just to say it's such a beautiful story, children... Uh, we'll really enjoy reading it. Um, it's come out in paperback over the last few uh, few months um, and we've got a whole dedicated uh, page on our, webpa- on our website uh, to the Maria's Island project which features an assembly to download, all the resources that have been made available by Walker Books and also uh, the readings from Victoria Hislop.
0: Fantastic. Well, Anna, thank you so much for your time and, and sharing all the information and also all that all that wisdom that you that you shared as well. And I'd, as always, I just think it's fantastic to sort of hear a voice and a personality behind a website or a, a charity or a company. It's always great to, to have that personal interaction. And that's why I love doing the podcast so much. So, yeah, thank you so
1: much. No, thank you very much, Mark, for having us.
0: Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail lighting of a fire.